Welcome to episode 2 of the Behind the Scenes of Maudlin, brought to you by Broken Sea Audio Productions. This one was as a result of sort of a poll. I went round to people online and offline and asked what out of all the Greek and Roman mythology they would like to hear. Because I'm trying to go from different countries here, there and everywhere. And it was almost overwhelmingly Aphrodite and Ares. So there was there were a few Athena, but only about two or three, whereas all the rest were for Aphrodite. So I went ahead and did what people asked for. Contrary to popular belief, Ares was a quite a minor god. So there's not very much information out there of him in the original. We have a few stories. One is the famous Aphrodite and Ares are entrapped together and paraded before all the other gods. I did not quite cover that other than their sort of odd relationship with each other. You also had a reference to Anchises, which is another sort of a myth. It uh, involves Aphrodite and one of her lovers. Ares carries a spear, which is quite common for that particular god to be seen with, whereas in a lot of the portrayals of him he has a sword in modern, rather than the original ancient myth. In other words, in Xena, which <laughs> I do love. I enjoy Xena, but it's pretty inaccurate. <laughs> with its portrayal of a lot of the mythology. So there's not much more to say regarding episode 2, it's pretty straightforward. Of course you might be noticing that I do keep this PG, so <laughs> despite Aphrodite in the title, there won't be anything overt in it that could possibly happen in a more adult show. <laughs> this is one that the entire family should be able to listen to without worrying about it. There's no watershed here. And as for the next character, Westbrook, I put him in as a sort of contrast because I do know there are American listeners and I might mention things that they'd be a trifle lost on, so I wanted an American character that I could explain things to without just being very dull indeed. And it is possible that he was there. There are a lot of foreign students that are at Oxford, so it was plausible. And I ended up having a lot of fun with him. I feel very strongly that characters should not be able to suddenly be able to do combat with no reason. Atherton was on his fe a fencing team, so he knows fencing. Westbrook was from a ranch and is extremely physical, very strong, and so forth. So when he picks up a sword, it makes sense that he'd be able to at least vaguely know how to use it and be somewhat skilled. Whereas someone such as Worsley should not be able to pick up a sword and use it, he would just be pathetic. He'd be killed within seconds. And I wanted to keep that sort of realism. And thus Westbrook is an extremely physical character, which is 
odd considering it's a radio play, but there you have it. The name was really quite simple. I wanted something that sounded American, so I thought West, and well, Brook sounded nice, so I put it on the end. I don't think it's even a proper name, I just randomly came up with it. Westbrook. If it is real, that's just an added bonus. I, I don't think it is. Looking back now, I believe I should have gone with something without a W, since we have Wesley and Westbrook. However, I believe they sound different enough that it's not a huge issue, but perhaps I should have changed it from Westbrook. I couldn't possibly think of anything now, I'm so used to it for him, but... Oh well. <laughs> John is his Christian name, though it's not really important in this series. I don't believe anyone is ever going to call him that at all. <laughs> they definitely don't go by Christian names here. Although Nigel Wesley does get called Nigel quite often, but the ladies, you know. So John Westbrook will never have a love interest, sorry. And I wanted an overall classical sounding name and that's why he has John. I'm not even sure why I gave him a Christian name, but it didn't seem fair if the other main characters had them and he didn't, so. As an actual character, I'm still figuring out quite what he's like. Of course, he has a little more roughness to him. He tends to want to just go in their guns blazing a little more often, but that never really happens, so clearly he sees a problem with it as well, or he just is outnumbered by Atherton and Worsley. I've started writing more episodes, and I'm not quite sure where he's going yet, to be honest. It'll be a bit of a surprise. He's an important character and I'm just not quite sure what he is entirely yet other than the American. And he does deserve more than that so we'll see what happens. I'm hoping to write an episode that is Westbrook centralized that will hopefully clear it all up. So right now he sort of has the Mysterious ranching background, similar to Captain Reynolds, if you know Firefly. <laughs> and hopefully you'll know more about Westbrook by the end of the series than you know about Mao. I shall now turn it over to Peter Franson, who plays John Westbrook. Well, I got started in audio drama in probably about 2003, 2004. Before that, I'd been developing a, a script for a, uh, a project, and then we performed that uh, live here in uh, in my community in Mesa, Arizona. And uh, and then I started a uh, an audio drama production company called Spirit Blade Productions that uh, launched in 2006. And uh, I've been a fan of audio drama for a while and uh it seemed like a great way to kind of tell the stories that I wanted to tell um without uh, all the big budgets and all that kind of stuff that come with uh, with movies um so i think it's a great uh, i think it's a great format i 
once I started Spirit Blade Productions, I got online because I wanted to get involved with some other audio drama companies and uh, become involved as as an actor mainly and uh, and learn what I could from others, uh, from the way other people approach audio drama in producing it and writing for it and all that kind of stuff. So I really got involved with the audio drama community um, to learn, to learn from other people and to uh, to take what I could from them and steal their great ideas and uh, and methods and uh, and uh, become a better audio drama producer myself. Uh, Westbrook, I think uh, he was uh, he caught my attention right away in 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 terms of um, you know of the of the main uh, characters um, because he was a fish out of water and they're all kind of you know fish out of water but I really like a fish out of water type character somebody that's just kind of like thrown into the mix of things and they really represent kind of the audience and what the uh, what the audience might be thinking, you know, just providing kind of an anchor to reality, just constantly reacting like, what in the world, you know? Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the show Farscape that was uh, on for a few years, a few years ago, and uh, John Crichton was very much kind of an inspiration for me as I approached Westbrook, even though Westbrook is a lot more kind of Southern than John Crichton was. But, uh, but all those stories, you know, The Man Who Knew Too Little, I mean, if you go back to Disney's Condor Man, you know, I just love Fish Out of water stories. I think there's just a lot of room for humor and a lot of room for relatability for the audience. So, uh, Westbrook is a lot of fun. Um, in, uh, in episode two, um, that was, that was a totally different flavor for me because I usually like when I get in, you know, when I'm digging sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that, my mind does not gravitate immediately toward like Greek mythology, um, with like togas and sandals and stuff like that. That's not the kind of fantasy that I'm, that I usually surround myself with. And so I was really able to feel kind of like a fish out of water the whole time I was recording that, you know? Um, and, uh, I, I remember the, the line that I really enjoyed the most was, uh, um, that he told, I think he was, I think Westbrook said to Atherton that uh, you just told the god of war that there's no need for violence. And I, <laughs> that was one of my audition lines. And, uh, and I, it was a lot of fun to be actually, to, to use it in context. And, uh, um, so I, I, I think that, uh, that episode on so many levels, I was a fish out, fish out of water because I'm not familiar with Greek mythology. And, uh, they were, uh, Worsley's, or, uh, excuse me, Westbrook is a fish out of water, I think because he's the only kind of, um, you know, American kind of Southern boy in with this really prestigious uh, cr- crowd and this great, you know, college and university atmosphere. And he's smart himself, but I think he kind of plays himself, you know, a, a little bit dumb and down home than, uh, you know, than he maybe really is. Um, but he's a fish out of water and, you know, socially in the, in the culture there. And uh, and then, of course, we're all fish out of water because freaking gods <laughs> from Greek mythology have... Uh, have shown up and started uh, wreaking havoc. So that was uh, that episode uh, was a lot of fun. I didn't get to shoot and maim and kill as much as I did in episode one with the dragon. That was fun to 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 even though I don't really get to shoot guns and you know hack things. But uh, um, but yeah, ep- episode two was uh, I was really able to appreciate my character's fish out of water <laughs> nature even more than uh, than some of the other episodes. Hiya folks, this is Stevie Farnaby, the producer on Modeling. From a production point of view, I've uh, upped the ante a little bit um, from 12 audio tracks on episode 1 to 24 audio tracks for this episode. Um, This allows for a much, much greater uh, flexibility within the mix, I think. And this has of course led to some uh, rather interesting results, Um, (laughs) many of which are very subtle, I think. but hopefully you'll spot them. 
and uh, I hope it makes a heck of a difference as well in terms of the way this episode sounds. Definitely uh, a fun part for me has been to uh, create the various locations on Maud. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this, um, but the locations, and we're now up to about 10 or 11 different ones thus far, um, are real. Um, they actually exist and are in Oxford. Um, when I started to gather sound effect ambience, Alexa uh, forwarded to me um, some website links um, to pictures of these places. Um, so I had a very, very, very detailed idea of what to create. I then sourced out uh, suitable background ambience and various other effects to build up the overall vibe of each location. For instance, um, probably a good example of this would be um, in the first scene. Um, you can hear a peacock on the lawn, um, which I've now nicknamed Bob, by the way, after an old friend of mine who'd sort of uh, preen himself all the time, literally all the time. He couldn't walk past the mirror without sort of looking at himself. <laughs> I'm sure you know the type of bloke, anyway. <laughs> um, another example would be um, within the library. I sourced out an absolute ton of sort of uh, book sounds. Books being thrown across the floor, books being opened, pages being turned, etc. And gradually and uh, slowly, I built up the, the atmosphere. In this episode, um, we of course have... Ares and Aphrodite, um, who have obviously come through the rift, um, so consequently I wanted to sort of give these characters an otherworldly quality. Now this isn't as easy to do as it is with, say, um, a dragon, like we had in the first episode. Um, so I gave this some thought, and there are actually two ways of achieving this. Um, one is to swamp the actors' voices and effects, which results in um, Daleks and Cybermen <laughs> instead of mythical characters. The other thing, of course, is that you um, lose some of the subtlety of the actors' own performances because um, they're kind of, I don't know, I suppose drowned underneath this big mire of effects. So instead, I opted to uh, keep the cast members' voices fairly dry um, that's without effects, of course. And I underlaid underneath their voices sort of whispers-type sounds. Um, I think the results are way, way better this way because you keep all that subtle detail within the actors' voices. Now, when I first read scene five of the script for this episode, um, I sort of went, Woohoo! Hey! Um, <laughs> um, basically, because we're only two episodes in, and I get to produce a bar fight. Um, fantastic. <laughs> you won't believe how much I look forward to getting that captured in audio. <laughs> Listen out for the way um, the crowd reacts as well in the background. Um, that was a really, really fun and uh, what I think is quite a subtle touch. Anyways, uh, hope you all enjoy listening as much as we did creating. Oh! <laughs>